family reset. The family plan is what I want to talk about. The importance of honoring the biblical family structure. That, that's what I want to talk about. It is very important to honor the biblical family structure. Now, that's where we've fallen. Because from year, from decade to decade, we have dishonored the family structure. And that's why it's out of whack now. We've fallen so far as a nation. From the family structure. So Genesis 20 and 12 say, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, before we go any further, I want to acknowledge that obeying this command might be difficult for some of us. It seems to describe a family situation some of us never experienced. So how do you obey this command if you are from a broken home? If your parents abused you, if you and your parents don't even get along, how can you obey this command? Now, we move forward this morning. I want us to make two important observations. The first observation is that since this command comes from God, there must be a way to obey it no matter how difficult or painful it may be. And the second observation is that since God has our best interest at heart, obedience must be in our own best interest. It is in that spirit that we approach the fifth commandment. And if you're struggling in this area, please don't, 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 uh, you know, check out on me. So, you know, just, just hold on for a while. Don't dismiss this message as being you know, ir irrelevant to your situation. Pay close attention. There are important principles that will help us, help you, help me, uh-huh, as you struggle and, and also help you to be a better parent yourself. And you might be struggling as a parent today with children who don't follow this command. And you two listen closely. You have to teach your children how to show respect for you. And maybe sometimes that's sad. This morning, we will help you develop a stronger relationship with your children. Now, there are a couple of differences in this command as opposed to the first three commands. All right. You're still with me. The, the first difference is that it is one of only two of the Ten Commandments that are stated in the positive rather than the negative. All right. So the first three says you shall not. All right. Have any other God make images to worship, misuse the name of God. Now, commandments four and five have an implied you shall inherit in your or uh, in their instructions. You shall. That's what it said. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy and honor your father and mother. That's the first difference. Now, the second difference is that it shifts the focus of the commandments from how we respect God to how we respect others. The command that links these two concepts concerns honoring our parents. Uh, Rebel Shelley writes in stone, says at the pivotal point between the obligations of loving God and loving one's neighbor stands the commandment about family integrity. So as we consider the implications of this command, we need to spend some time on some important issues. However, the emphasis of this message is on practical application of this command. So I want to deal with three P's and the first one is principle. Say that with me, principle. So this command means much more than just obedience to your parents, although that it is included in the implications of this command. Obedience to parents goes through the, uh, certain changes in the life cycle, but honor never changes. I want you to get that down. I hope you got the, you done downloaded the app so you can see those, uh, the notes that's there. Got it? I'm going to say it one more time. Help somebody to download the app so they can get the notes because i got to go fast today. Obedience to parents goes through certain changes in the life cycle, but honor never changes. You got it? So there are two elements to this command. The first element is children, honor your parents. 
Now, what does God mean when he says to honor your father and mother? The answer to that question is found in Hebrews, the Hebrew word translated as honor. It literally means heavy or weighty. Say it with me, heavy or weighty. Heavy designates or uh, designates importance or statue. It shows the importance of what he just said. Light designates unimportance. So would you say, don't take me lightly in this matter? Or don't take this subject too lightly? So to honor your parent means to give them a position of respect and importance in your life. You got that? All right. So that's literally what it means to honor your parent means to give them a position of respect and importance in your life. There is no time limit on this command like the other that stays in force for our entire lives. So the second element is parents be honorable. God wants parents to serve as model of faithful obedience to his principles and demonstrate what it means to live in a relationship with him. Here in the 21st century, there's not, not a more difficult task than being a parent. One man said that there was a time when I had six theories about raising children, but, but didn't have any children. Now I have six children and no theories. <laughs> there's one more thing I need to mention about this principle of honoring your parents. There's no exclusion from this commandment. Even though... The implication is that parents should be honorable. God doesn't say honor your parent if you think they deserve it. This commandment to honor is enforced wholly apart from the way your parents perform. You may have had a lousy parents. Listen to me good. Unfortunately, many children grow up with parents who are absent or abusive or unkind or cruel. Your parents may have split up when you were very young. One or both of the parents may have had drinking or even a drug problem. And any of those facts is it will obviously affect your relationship with your parents. But, and this is a huge but, your parents' failure to be all they should be or should have been does not excuse you from obeying the fifth commandment. Fifth commandment says, honor your father and mother, period. The, the, way you, the, way, the way your parents perform will certainly affect your relationship with them. And it will uh, certainly affect the way you obey this command and the motivation you bring to the task. But it does not affect the central reality that you must obey it whether they were good parents or not. I know it's going to get a little quieter here. Now, here's our problem. Here's our dilemma. One of the main roadblocks in impl uh, implementing this command is that the societal norm is disdained or for uh, authority. Our society has developed the general, ge the general attitude that no one should be able to tell us how to live our lives. No one has the right to be critical of the life choices that we make, and that includes our parents. Now, media such as TV and movies have made parents look like, you know, bumbling fools and totally out of touch with the society in which their children live. Most depict the traditional role of parents as being old fashioned and out of step with more enlightened principles. It's outdated. It's antiquated. We don't live like that anymore. And that view files in the, uh, uh, flies in the face of God's word. God established the home and parents as the authorities in the home. A good principle here is found in Paul's teaching about civil government. This principle applies in the home as well. Now Romans 13 and 1 says it like this. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by who? They 
have been established by God. You didn't make the establishment. You didn't make the rule. You didn't build this. You didn't make a people. You didn't make a, 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 a country. You didn't make a world. You didn't make a earth. You didn't make a galaxy. You didn't make a universe. You didn't make none of this. So you don't, you don't make up the rules. God makes the rules. So let's look at the practice. Honoring your parents is not an easy thing. How many of y'all know that? Sometimes it takes a lot of uh, thought and consideration. How do we honor our father and mother? I'm glad you asked because I'm sure I'm going to tell you. What are some practical things that we can do to keep this commandment? Some of these apply more to when we're younger, but many of these carry throughout our lives. Number one. Respect their role. Say that with me. Respect their role. One thing that has taught me the most about honoring my parents is being a parent myself. It's the hardest job I've ever had. And it's costly too. You have some children. Man, it's going to cost you. Every time I turn around, I got to spend out some money. Not just in dollars, but in time, energy, plans, dreams. Because they're always a part of your life. And whatever decision they make, it's going to affect you. Whether it be good or bad, I hope it's good. But whatever, whatever, whatever decision your children make, it's going to affect Tell them one next year. I know they're about to sleep right now, but tell them. If, you can keep your mask on. Just, just turn them. They can, they can hear you through the mask. Just tell them, say, whatever decision your children make, it's going to affect you. And if you're talking with your husband or wife, it's going to affect us, whether we like it or not. And it's going to be with us for the rest of our lives. And I don't care how bad the situation is. Don't stop you from thinking about your children. God ordained the family as the basic unit for societal and religious instructions. Over the family, God placed parents in the place of authority in the home. As parents, we get to participate in the marvelous blessing of producing life. Our parents deserve at least some recognition that without them, we wouldn't exist. And by the way, did you know that parenthood is hereditary? If your parents didn't have children, chances are, Strong that you won't have any evil. Some of y'all will get that tomorrow. <laughs> oh, what what's he just said? One way that we value the role of our parents when we're young is to be obedient to them. Ephesians 6 and 2. See, we didn't know all this when we were children. We just thought that we can cut up and do what we want to do, but we didn't know one day we're going to have something that looked just like us. We didn't know. God, if I only knew. So Ephesians 6 and 2 says, says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Come on now, you Bible followers. You just can't read it. You got to follow it. I didn't ask you Bible readers. I said Bible followers. There's a difference. Colossians 3 and 20 said, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases, y'all got that? The Lord. Ain't got nothing to do with you, you being pleased or your parents being pleased. This pleases the Lord. The Bible says it is right, the right thing to do, and that it pleases the Lord. So one group who needs all the, the appreciation and encouragement they can get is single parents. Two important things I've learned about parenting. Uh, number one, ideally, everybody say ideally. Parents need to be young. Why? Because it's too exhausting to be old and have children. Number two, everybody say ideally. It's a two-person job. So all of our single parents in the house, let's give them a round of applause. Because I'm telling you, that's tough duty. It's 
Sometimes I wonder how First Lady and I were going to make it, <laughs> make it together as parents. And when I look at the single parent families who are raising godly kids, I give them my ultimately all and respect. If you're a child of a single parent, you should give that parent a double portion of honor for what they're trying to do. That's right. And the rest of us need to support and help out wherever we can. Even Jesus followed this command in Luke, uh, uh, the second chapter. It tells us how Joseph and Mary were faithful in observing the Passover in Jerusalem. And when Jesus was 12, they were traveling back home to Nazareth and they noticed that he was not with them. And they began to look for him, but couldn't find him. So they backtracked to the temple and find Jesus debating the scriptures with the religious leaders. Joseph and Mary express their concern, but Jesus tells them that he had been about his father's business, referring to his heavenly father. Not Joseph, his earthly father, but his heavenly father. And so Jesus follows Joseph and Mary back to Nazareth. And we read in Luke 2 and 51 and 8, it says, Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Did you hear that? Even though he was Jesus, he went back with his parents and the Bible says he obeyed them. Now, Jesus showing us how we're supposed to obey our parents. All you grown want to be folks. Jesus obeyed his parents because they were, uh, uh, you know, uh, did he obey them because they were always right? They were, weren't always right, but he was always right and he still obeyed them. Did he obey because they were morally superior to him? He was morally superior to his parents, but he obeyed them. Did he obey them because they knew they knew more than he did? He knew more than they did, but he obeyed them. Jesus honored his father and his mother. Just because God gave you a good brain don't mean that you're supposed to neglect honoring your father and your mother. Just because you went to school and you matriculated and you got your degrees and your parents didn't just barely graduated from high school does not mean that you dishonor your parents. Number two, value their advice. Say that with me, value their advice. Now some of y'all don't want to hear this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Proverbs 1 and 8, look what it said. Listen, my son, to your father's instructions and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Y'all see that? Some of you kids that you know that, 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 that's forsaking your mother's teaching, they need to line you up and slap you three times. Matter of fact, they need to jab slap you. God said, don't you forsake your mother's teaching. Hallelujah. Like most other young people, <laughs> I, I, I reached a time in my life where I thought my parents, you know, they were kind of lame, they weren't cool you know, and didn't understand how real life was supposed to work. And, but, 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 but it's funny, you know, the, the more I mature and the more uh, my parents seemed to learn, eventually I had reached the point where I would seek their counsel on many decisions and, and that, that had to be made in my life. I, I, I go back in my mind and I could see myself uh, being talked to and, and, and say, you know what, I should have been listening a little bit more when they were talking to me. So your parents have already lived through the things that taught them valuable lessons. Don't waste a treasured resource by not considering the advice of your parents. If you do, most of the time you're going to be sorry that you did. And then number three, offer grace. Everybody say offer grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Offer grace. Nobody here had perfect parents. There's only one parent, perfect, perfect parent, and that is God. The rest of us are deeply flawed. Nobody has perfect parents, and you're not a perfect parent either. There are no perfect parents. There are no perfect children. No, but now you know the grandchildren. You know. They look like they get away with a little bit more. 
Do y'all remember? Do you remember? Do you remember? When you were coming up, look like when they look at you, they wanted to knock you down. But ooh, when them grandbabies came along, you'd be like, mama, you tried to kill me. If I would have done that when I was coming up. Praise the Lord. You know how it is. Number four, appreciate their effort. Say that with me. Appreciate their effort. All right, wake up everybody on your road. Look down your road and tell them, say, hey, on this road, appreciate their efforts. Most parents are trying hard to be the best parents they can be. And most of them do what they do out of love for you. Man, all that stuff they done, uh, you done put them through and they done done and bought you stuff that you didn't appreciate. Bought stuff that you always just begged them to get for you. And then you find it somewhere over in a corner somewhere with dust on it. They beg you for and then they act like they don't, they don't want it, they don't appreciate it. Oh, you follow me? And if you live at home, pick up and do, uh, you know, you need to do some extra chores. They, they shouldn't have to ask you. And they shouldn't have to ask you to pick up your own clothes. Don't make your parents' job a lot harder than it already has been. Speak to them with words of uh, respect instead of hate and disrespect. One thing I can't stand, a child got the colossal nerve to look at their parents and start talking back at them like they, they're equal. And like, 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 like they done earned the right to talk back to you. Man, if I'd have done that with my parents, before I can get it out, I'd be getting up off the floor with my teeth in my hand. Because they, they wouldn't knock the front of our teeth out. They'd knock the back of our teeth out. I remember that time my, my, my father-in-law told, told his grandson when he was trying to, uh, the, the biggest he was, though, told, told uh, uh, it, no, it wasn't Tim, it was uh, uh, Jonathan. Uh, he said, listen, you, you keep acting up. I, I'm going to slap you so hard you won't think a bear slap you. I, I say, I say, I say, daddy. You're going to hit him. That's <laughs> what I said. I'm going to hit him so hard he's going to think a bear slapped him. Do you know how hard a bear slap? <laughs> a bear, when they hit you, they can rip your head off. Yeah. Well, I never such violence. See, what you don't understand, see, some of our children, we cannot paint all of them with the same paintbrush. We can't deal with all of them the same because they come in different packages. Some of them are anointed to try you. And you got to be anointed to try them back. You got to let them know that I am not the one. Come on, ladies. Do you I have any witnesses up in here? I want you to, that's right, you don't want none of this here. Cause, listen, sometimes they got, catch you at the wrong day. You say, oh, not today. Now, you might have you been good on Monday, but not today. Man, I, have to, some, I had to some time with my children because I had to grab them. Come on here, let's go this way. Hallelujah. Amen. First lady so sweet with them grandchildren ain't even funny. <laughs> Is that the same woman? What y'all laughing about? Y'all the same way. Adult children, let me talk to you for a minute. You give your parents a call. Don't let them be wondering, you know, I ain't heard from my son in a whole week. Whole month. If you can't if you if you can't call them, write them. Text them. FaceTime them. Show your love or show your appreciation for the many acts of love that they have performed all for your benefit. You don't have enough money to pay back your parents the things that they done done through the years for you. You never fail to show gratitude 
for your parents' investments in your life. Because I'm going to tell you something. The last person to leave you is your parents. The last people to give up on you is your parents. They don't invest in stuff in you that they didn't even tell you. Paying for your college. Paying for your car. They say they'll never co-sign for nobody, but then you came along. They done co-signed for you, done bought, got your insurance. You done had three regs, tore up three cars, and they go get you a fourth one. Now you tell me your parents ain't loving to you. And then you got the nerd to fuss back at them. They should take that car and never give you another one ever again for fussing. I will keep this car, make you walk until you know how to talk to me. That's so cruel. Uh-uh. You're not, we're not raising devils over here. And we're not raising disrespectful children, grown or not. You're not going to be disrespecting uh, your elders. See, I ain't giving me any amen, but it's okay. All right, let's go to number five since you're you mad at me now. Uh, forgive their failings. Colossians 3 and 13 says, bear with each other and forgive, forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgave you. Everybody sometime or another going to need forgiving. You may not today, but your day coming. Everybody in this room going to need forgiving at some time or another. So when it's your time to come, you better make sure you done already sold and planted some forgiveness. Here we have, we come to the heart of the problem. Somebody say AAA for, for many people. How do you honor parents who have hurt and abused you? How do you honor an alcoholic father? How do you honor a mother who left you? How do you honor parents who neglected you? Now, here's a simple answer. We must not use the hurts of the past as an excuse to evade keeping this commandment. To be specific, here are some things that you, you must not say because we know we say these things. I wrote them down because I know how we be talking. My parents were are not lovable. Therefore, I will not love them. My parents were are not wise, therefore I will not respect them. My parents were are not kind, therefore I will not admire them. My parents were are not uh, patient, therefore I will not be patient with them. So many of us waste our years playing the if only game. If only my father had loved me. If only my mother had been kind to me. If only my parents had stayed together. I, I hear the scripture say, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will what? Take me up. The if only game is destructive because it teaches you to live in a fantasy world instead of in reality. You will make a major advance in your spiritual life when you conclude that your parents are Sinners just like you. Because honoring abusive parents does not mean ignoring their mistreatment or in any way suggests abuse is justified. Are you following me? It does mean that you work toward forgiveness. If not, you get locked into a cycle of hatred and anger and we overcome evil, not with evil, but with good. For some, perhaps it's time to confront your parents and share your pain in the hopes of working through it together. And that's what I hope that we manage here today, that you will find a place where you can work through the pain that both of you all have suffered. Go get your children. Let's sit down and talk about it. Let's work through the pain that maybe perhaps we have caused each other. Let's work through this thing. We don't want to leave this earth I like this. Let's not end this on a bad note. Let's see if we can come together and work this thing through. See, you are learning this today so you can, so God will download and drop something in your spirit, a creative way on how you can work it out with your parents or with your children. 
God's going to give you a creative idea or divine strategies on how you need to work this out with your children. Are you following me? See, it's not God's will for you to just have all these children around here and then you don't have no kind of interaction in their life. It's not for you to sow your oats all over the nation and don't have no relationship with your children. Yeah, I got one in every state, Doc. What? Like that's some great thing. Any airhead can lay down and have some children. But it's going to take a real man to be a father. I know who he talking to. He ain't calling me no airhead. I'm talking to you. You know, my breath and britches. <laughs> Hallelujah. And for some, perhaps it's time to confront your parents and share your pain in hopes of working through it together. And for others, confrontation and reconciliation are not possible. Your parents have died or are unwilling to take responsibility for their sins against you. Uh, just take heart. That's all I tell you. The Bible still gives us hope and assurance. Just like I said, that's Psalms 27 and 10. Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. You got to know that. When you've done all you can do. Amen. When you're no good daddy don't want to receive you. God said, I'll take you. God used him to bring you into this world, but that's all right. You ain't going to leave out of here acting like them. One day they're going to turn around and say, you know what? They were a better man than I was. It was a better, she was a better woman than I was. Number six, meet their needs. Say that with me, meet their needs. I ain't doing nothing for my parents. I ain't going to do nothing for them. Well, let's look what 1 Timothy 5 and 4 said. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, they should learn or learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family. And so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to God. No government can honor your parents for you. I love it how the, the, the Japanese, they don't have no, uh, you know, social security system to take care of the elderly. Guess what? They take care of their own people. They take care of their own people. And if they have to, they move into their house. But they take care of their own people. God didn't tell the uh, government to take care of our folk. He told us to do it. You done treated the children so bad, they said, you just wait. I can't wait till your, the, the, the first day you're eligible to go in the nursing home putting you in there. First day you're eligible. No, that should be the last thing that you think about. It should be hard for you to do it. You might have to do it, but that should be the hardest thing that you have to do. You, you're trying to hold on, but you know you can't do it no more. No social security system can provide for your parents for you. No Medicaid program can take care of your parents for you. That doesn't mean that it's wrong to participate in gov government social programs. It simply means that God designed family as the primary way to meet needs. And I'm obliged to do whatever I can with the resources at my disposal to care for those who cared for me. As in everything, Jesus is our example concerning this issue. Jesus, since Jesus' earthly stepfather was Joseph, y'all know uh, uh, who Joseph is, is never mentioned again after Jesus was 12. 
Most scholars believe that he passed away when Jesus was young. It may help ex explain one of the reasons Jesus waited until he was around the age of 30 to start his earthly ministry. He was busy taking care and providing for his mother and his younger siblings. And so we see a very poignant scene in, at the end of Jesus' earthly life. He is on the cross in an immense physical, emotional, uh, 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 spiritual pain by but, but what is one of the most pressing things on his mind at that time? The one someone, somebody would take care of his mother when he's gone. That was the thing that was on his mind. John 19, 26 and 27, look at it on the screen. It says, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing by, that's John, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here's your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her in his home. And as we said earlier, this command has two clear uh, emphasis. Children, honor your parents and parents be honorable. So how do we do that? How do we behave in an honorable way? I'm going to tell you and I'm going to sit down. Number one, we be an, be an encourager. Say that with me. I must. Be an encourager. Now, First Thessalonians 5 and 11 says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Encouragement means to support. It means to fortify, boost, and reinforce positive behavior. Too many people try to tear down in life. They mock our hopes and dreams. They make us feel unworthy and unloved. So our role as parents, especially to our children when they're young, is to stand by their side and be their ally, support and remind our children that because God loved them, we love them, and that they are special and valuable to us. And one of the worst things a parent can do is to destroy their children's sense of self. Our job is not to be ever critical. Our job is to guide, support, and instruct concerning the issues of life. Number two, teach them what is right. Say that with me, teach them what is right. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7 says, these uh, commandments that I give to you today are to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Now, in Hebrew, the word translated as parent is close related or tied to the word teacher. Did you know that? We're to be teachers of what is right or true. Got it? We're, we're, most true, or we're, we're most true to our role when we teach our children values that build character uh, uh -huh, and about the, the God who defines what that character requires. So number two, teach them what is right. Number three, be a good listener. Say that with me. I must be a good listener. James 1 and 19 says, my bro dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be a quick, be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. So here it is. Effective communication involves listening as much as talking. You need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. In other words, listen more and talk less. Hush. In layman's turn, hush and listen. Now, the art of successful communication entails not just expressing our thoughts and feelings, by, but drawing out the thoughts and feelings of our children. We need to listen to our children. We can learn to understand our children by listening to them. you got to listen to them. It is important that we give undivided attention to them when they talk to us. We, we want our children to be able to share their hearts without feeling that they will be condemned every time they open their mouth. Effective parenting requires good listening skills which will produce greater understanding. Number four, spend time with them. Say that with me. I must take time for myself and spend time with them. So you got to spend time with them. They get to know more about you. You get to know more about them. You pass along values and family history. A lot of children don't know their family history because you're not telling them about it. You learn about your children's strength and struggles when you listen to them. 
It makes them feel loved and important. It creates a bond that is difficult to break. When you know their heart and they know your heart, it makes parenting just a bit easier. Number five, set limits. Say that with me, set limits. In other words, say no sometime. Some of you all can't say no to anything with your children. They bad as a junkyard dog and you still saying yes. This is a merry-go-round and you still saying yes. Cussing you out, using profanity, and you still won't say no. You need to let them know that there's a blessing for their obedience and there is discipline for their disobedience. Are you following me? Some of you, your hair stood on the back of your head when I said that. You had a dollar for every time your children have asked for something. You have enough money to be debt free right now. Now, we all hate to see our kids unhappy or spiraling into a major meltdown. So all too often we take the path of least resistance and give in. But the truth is. You do your children a big favor by saying no more frequently. You know, Dr. Susan Newman, social psychologist, writes, now listen to this, kids who understand that they can't always have their way will be more likely to be successful in school, relationships, and their careers. Wow. Wow. You are setting them up for failure, failure when you let them have their way. Some of your parents have lived this already. I know you got to repent. One of y'all was trying to tell, no, baby, let's let the kids set some bounds. Don't go give them everything. Uh-uh, that's my baby. Kids understand boundaries. They already live with them. From stripes on playing, you know, fields to the curb on the street, city streets, when parents establish boundaries, their children have a choice of the two R's. When they stay within the boundaries, they earn a reward, but if they cross the line, they receive repercussions. Once boundaries are in place, it's the child, not the parent, who chooses to receive either the reward or the repercussion. What are the two R's? See if y'all listening. Oh, y'all listen, okay. So that leads us to our sixth point. When necessary, administer discipline. I know that's hard for some of you all. Yeah. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. My child too cute to spank. She too soft. She too pretty. Okay. All right. Ain't nobody laying a hand on my child, not even me. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Look what Proverbs 22 and 15 said. Father is bound up in the heart of a child. You better know that. But the rod of discipline will drive it far away. Now you can obey the Bible if you want to, or you can stay like you are. So our prevailing philosophy basically declares to just let them grow into what they are going to become. That's what they teach it. This is the parenting philosophy that says, well, just let them become who they will become. Now we're going to shape them into what they're going to become. The problem is that we all have a sin nature. Romans 3 and 23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Look at Romans 3 and 10. There is no one righteous, not even one. So children are born with a sin nature that if not checked and changed leads to a life of destruction instead of blessing. Even those outside of the church are beginning to admit that children have a sin nature. Dr. Vasu Devai, Reddy of University of Parchment of uh, uh, Psychology Department, uh, studied more than 50 children and conducted an interview with their parents. Even uh, though behavioral ex experts used to think that a child brain was not developed until formulate uh, to formulate lies until four years old, look what she discovered, listen to this, she discovered that babies actually start lying 
as early as six months. Now, I know you can't hardly believe that because you say they can't talk. But listen, by the age of two, they are nearly experts at deceiving their parents in order to avoid punishment. One police study concluded that if children were permitted to continue in their self-centered world of infancy, given free reign to their impulsive actions to satisfy each want, every child would grow up a criminal, a killer, a thief, and a rapist. It's easier to grow weeds than to tend a garden. <laughs> if you want to cultivate a harvest of righteousness in your child, it means they need a new nature, instruction, discipline, repentance, and correction. Any parent that does not instruct or correct their child, the Bible said, hates them. If you don't correct and, and instruct your children, you hate them. They get old and say, Mama, thank you for hating me. Daddy, thank you for hating me. Because you never corrected me. Go to the prison and ask them, say, if my daddy would have whipped my butt more. That's what they tell you. They use that word. Well, some of them use another word, but I can't say that. Hallelujah. Proverbs 13, 24 says, whoever spares the rod hates their children. But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. I know you didn't want to hear this, 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 this family planning thing, but I got to tell you anyway. Number seven, be a good model. Say that with me. I must be a good model. So Paul talks to and he told the disciples in the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. Say, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Someone said, more is caught than taught. Your children watch you to get clues on how to behave in the world. They're watching you whether you think you know it, they know it or not. You know it or not. You're their role model. So use your own behavior to guide them. What you do is often much more important than what you say. Set an example by modeling God's uncompromising values, unquestionable integrity, and unconditional love. Also, you, if you want your children to honor you, set the example by how you honor their grandparents. And then number eight, admit when you are wrong and apologize. So Proverbs 28 and 13, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confess and renounces them finds mercy. Finds mercy. And so God gives us a promise. Let me see if I can end this up. Throughout history and across uh, most every culture, respect and the disobedience to parents has been seen as necessary for family unit and societal uh, stability. This commandment says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is given you. God said there's a special blessing when we obey his word. We get something special. The New Testament in Ephesians 6, 2-3 uh, through three, uh, backs that scripture up from the Old Testament. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you that you may live long life on the earth. And so there's two areas that are blessed when the parents are honorable and the children honor their parents. The first area is the family. Say that with me. The first area is the family. The second area is society as a whole. So Deuteronomy 21 18 through 21, I want to read this. It says, if someone has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father and mother, and will not listen to them when they discipline him. Now, this is how they used to do it in the Old Testament. Verse 19. His father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him to the elders at the gate of his town. They shall say to the elders, 
this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town are to stone him to death. You must purge the evil from among you. All Israel will hear of it and will be afraid. That's how they dealt with disobedient children in the Old Testament. But thank God for the New Testament. You know why? We probably have an empty church in here today because we were disobedient. At some time, we probably would have been stoned. I don't know who would have been sitting here this morning. You probably wouldn't have a preacher. Some of these other guys probably be up here preachers. Huh? Hallelujah. So as we close, as we close, throughout the Bible, God is referenced as Father. Come on, Jesus, I'm, I'm done. I ain't, finna, I ain't finna hoop or nothing like that. Our divine parent, which is God, Jesus taught us to pray. How did he teach us to pray? Our Father, who art and who is in heaven. The role of parenthood is important because it is supposed to be symbolic of God's nature and authority. God is our creator, provider, and protector. He instructs us and disciplines us. He even set part of himself to model what life is all about and then gave up his life so that we could have eternal life. John 14, 6 to 9, which is my last scripture. I'm going to read this and I'm done. Jesus answered, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through who? And if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Look what Philip said, Lord, show us the Father that and that will be enough for us. Verse 9, Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even if I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Children, your relationship with your parents can never be truly all it can be until you know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Parents, your relationship with your children can never be truly all it can be until you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Thank you all for listening today. 